cousin. Hey, cousin. How you? Girl, I'm good. How's you? I's doing good. <laughs> All right. What are we gonna talk about today? Girl, okay. You ready? I'm ready. It's been a minute. It has. Okay, let's do this. We're gonna talk about plot twists. We are actually happy being married, aren't we? We are. I and like, I think I know why you're saying this. Why am I saying this? I think you're saying this because I believe it was our last episode. We talked about being over being like, married. And I even think the episode before that, we talked about being over the trenches of the issues of womanhood. Yes. Which I feel like sometimes that could paint the wrong picture. I think you're right. I think it could give people the um, false idea, the false impression that um, maybe you aren't happy. Mm-hmm. So before we go into our episode today, can we talk about why we thought it was important to include those like really ugly details of like everything that we talked about so far? Absolutely. So when you and I discussed starting a podcast, Mm -hmm. we both were like, I want to keep it real. Boom. Like. I'm not trying to get on here and fake the funk. I'm not Mm -hmm. trying to get on here and paint this false image. Um, I'm not trying to cap, as these kids say nowadays. No cap. (laughs) Um, Oh, I feel old, right? That felt awkward coming out of my mouth. Let me go go put my jazz music on. Get back into my. Get back to it. You know. Um, So, you know, I think that that was it. We wanted to be real and we wanted to be raw and truthful. And we have been. But I like where you're going with this because it wouldn't be right to only paint the negative side of things Mm -hmm. because I'm happy in life. I'm like, I'm real life happy. I also think that when I look at the world, I see this facade that people are like, oh, it must be easy for it to be right. Or it must be like so positive, so loving. So all of this in order for it to be right. Like, period. And I feel like because of that, only thing that we can really do is get a fair balance of, hey, here come the ugly stuff of marriage, being a mom, being a woman, being whatever we call ourselves. And then also here goes the beautiful things. Yeah. And I think that this episode, we're long overdue for a beautiful episode. Yes, I agree. Hey. So you said that we're going to talk about being happy. Mm-hmm. Um, heavy word there. It's a heavy <laughs> word there. So, what is happiness? Yeah, let, let's let's start square one. Tell me more. <laughs> let's talk about that. Let's, what, let's talk about that. What is happiness for you? Before we talk about marriage, what is happiness for you? Happiness for me is feeling light, light, like light, light, light as a feather, like light as a feather. Okay, it's feeling at ease. Okay, it's knowing and feeling peace mm-hmm. it's the ability to experience and acknowledge the experience of joy and laughter mm-hmm. and love mm-hmm. um and i think my family my family is my happiness in a lot in a lot of cases mm. what does happiness look like for you mm. happiness for me is honestly Solitude. Mm. I like my solitude. I think a bit more than I actually admit. So saying it out loud now kind of feels really good. I like my solitude. I like when I feel like I don't care about being judged. Like I can just be myself. Yes. And I think that I know in a couple of episodes prior to, we talked about like my people pleasing issues that I've had like through childhood. And I think that when I'm happy, I don't care about that stuff. I don't yeah. care about if people accept me or all that kind of stuff. I would say that that would be my happiness. And I don't care about the acceptance. I don't care about the rejection. I I can be, I can feel everything and still validate what I feel and then not respond to it. I love that answer. Mm-hmm. Really, really love that answer. Okay, so my next question, or I don't know, my first question, how many questions have I asked now? I don't know. <laughs> um, we talk, we're going to talk about happiness within marriage. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think that it's important to acknowledge that until you are happy by yourself, it yeah. is virtually impossible to be happy within a marriage. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so I think the acknowledgement of that is mm-hmm. um, very necessary for a topic like this. Yep. Um, but I think also when you talk about being happy within a marriage, you have to kind of um, dissect the various components within mm-hmm. a marriage. Absolutely. Um, and also understanding that all of those components might not or probably won't be happy at the same time. Right. So components of a marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, so the components of a marriage, I think, I hate to say it, but it depends on each marriage. You're as right. much as we would love to be like, oh, here's the template of happiness in the marriage. Like yeah. a man does this or a woman does that or a person does this. I ain't never I seen know. that template before. You know, and it's like when we talk about the components of marriage and the components of like achieving that self-happiness to be happy, I think that it's also important to say that you could have gotten into a marriage not happy with yourself and then you don't have to get out of your marriage to go like find yourself Ooh, happiness girl. and then get back into a marriage. Because look... <laughs> Because look, I, I can't say that I was 100% happy when with myself, like self-happiness, self-independence, self-love, all things that we talked about and we'll probably continue to talk about. I don't think that I had those coming into my marriage. Look, I ain't even about the front. I'm, I, I don't need to think I did not have those things. You know, I did not have those in the marriage coming into it. But then when I started learning the value of it. I was often like challenged with, well, crap, do I have to get out of my marriage? Like, do I have to divorce and be by myself to to find these things and then go back in marriage? When really it is something that the, when we're talking about the components of marriage, I think that it's important to have the component of self-freedom and also like a healthy codependency in marriage. Like components for me, if we can communicate constantly, if we're going to always try to communicate, that's, that's a step for me. Yeah. That's a component. If you give me the space in marriage to be like, dang, I'm not happy with myself. Okay, babe, go work on yourself. I'm still going to be here when you figuring it out and yeah. whatever version of yourself you bring back to our marriage, I will support and love, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. yeah. What are the components for you in marriage? I think there's a lot of components. Of happiness. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, of happiness. Um, so I think like to echo what you said, communication for me um, has always fallen fallen on the forefront. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, I think for me, it's something that I wouldn't be able to exist in a marriage without. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. I think there's the piece of autonomy mm-hmm. that we both need. Yep. I think there is, and I know I'm kind of echoing just what you said right now, but those are important to me. Um, mm-hmm. That healthy codependency, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I do need you. Mm-hmm. And I think that in our society today, um, people in our generation and the younger generations are coming up with this idea that they don't need someone. Mm-hmm. Um, I do need my husband mm-hmm. and my husband does need me mm-hmm. and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um I think sex is an important component of a happy marriage. How did I not say that? Okay. <laughs> um, I think that forgiveness mm, that part. is a component of a happy marriage. Yeah. And I think laughter mm. is a component of a happy marriage. I definitely agree with laughter. I feel like what's challenging about identifying the components of happiness is we are abundant people. Yes. So to name five or six things, it's like we can keep going all day. All day. You know what I mean? And when we talk about like having happiness from a place of abundance, like really shifting the dynamic to see us as deserving. Yeah. Like those components of like endless abundance of happiness in Mm -hmm. marriage is important to talk about. I agree. Mm -hmm. I agree. So... We've discussed the components of marriage. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else that you like want to add to that before we actually get started talking about mm. being happy? Yeah. So before we get to like dive in, I want to talk about the and in marriage. I always talk about, and I know you and I have maybe had conversations in the past about including the and in sentences. Like when we talk about having a problem with somebody, sometimes I think that this world makes us polarized in the way that we think, in the way that we react to stuff. 
So if we have a problem with something, therefore, it's just all bad. Mm -hmm. Instead of being able to give yourself the option to say, I can have both. I can feel mad and happy at the same time and still coexist in those two feelings together. So I need some educating here. Come on. What you need? The and in marriage. Break that down for me. What does that look like? The and in marriage is I love you. You know how sometimes like, I love you, but this is all (laughs) the things you piss me off with. It's the I love you and what you're doing makes me feel good what you're doing makes me feel bad it's the and the 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 power in the sentence or just the power in the attitude to say hey this good thing you do does not cancel out the bad thing you do and this bad thing you do does not cancel out all of the good that you are to me yeah so having the and in the marriage looks like an, an actual like practice when there's something and i'm gonna use a cheap example if my husband does not clean the dishes five days in a row, that bothers me, for example. If I always come to him and say, you do a great job with the kids, but you left them dishes in there and therefore you are a dirty husband or whatever, something cheap, some cheap example like that. Instead of saying the but, you say, you know, you are an amazing father. Like you did all that stuff today with your boys. Like that's hype. And then you didn't do the dishes, though. Like, can we, you know, like, and it's been over and over and over again, like, babe, that bothers me. It doesn't cancel out the fact that he's an amazing father, that he does all the other things and that I'm grateful for him in my life or in our marriage for what he does. But it also gives him the space to feel the gratitude and the accountability at the same time. Yeah. Because sometimes I think we can also get caught up in this, well, you don't do this, you don't do that. And then it becomes like this negative criticizing Damn, what do I do right? So, come on. Full transparency. Mm-hmm. I've been experiencing that in my marriage frequently, mm-hmm. or not frequently, sorry, recently. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and my husband just called me out on this like hey. two days ago. Okay. Because I don't remember what it was I said to him. And I said something, and he was like, So, do you like anything that I do? Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, what, like, what are you talking? Of course I like, of course I like things that you do. And he's like, well, that's not what I've been hearing. Mm-hmm. Like, all I've been hearing is everything that I'm not doing mm-hmm. or everything that I'm doing that you don't like. And like, I had to check myself. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, I'm appreciating right now this moment of the and in the mm-hmm. marriage because mm-hmm. I, I'm, I guess I'm reflecting on mm-hmm. had I known or done a better job of using the and in my marriage Mm -hmm. I probably could have avoided the disagreement that we had two days ago Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because I was sitting over there you know like straight defensive mode like what do you mean like like, of course I love everything else you do like yeah what I'm talking about right now yeah Mm -hmm. so no I like the and in marriage is not just in the language though it's also in like the perspective of things like you know how sometimes like old school folks would be like pick your battles baby pick your battles True. and some days i'll be like well all of the battles matter like i gotta tell you about everything that i think and i feel that and gives you the space to be like okay yeah the dishes really really bother me yeah. so i'm also communicating to you that i love what you're doing and you're doing something that bothers me i'm also getting off like my feelings so that the frustration doesn't boil up for me yeah the and is not just for your partner the and is for you as well the and allows you to say i don't want to say good and bad i'm gonna say the strengths and the limitations of the situation yeah but then it also gives you the freedom to validate what you feel and allows your partner to say okay cool like bet you're right. I haven't done the dishes yeah, forever. Yeah. Like my bad. I've, I've, I've been sidetracked or whatever the rationale might be. The and is not just for the benefit of your partner. The and is also for you to have the power and the control internally to say like, I also don't have to pick. I don't have to be forced to be to pick the sad or the bad yeah, in the scenario yeah. or the frustration or the anger or whatever. Insert your word of emotion there. Yeah. You also get to feel like, huh. I'm really happy that I have an amazing husband that does all of these things for us around the house or et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But this one thing, this particular thing has really been bothering me because I'm sure that I've said it multiple times that I don't want this to be done and yeah. it's still happening. Yeah. So me using the and in the sentence gives me the power back to also say like, I know I ain't crazy. 
Like I know, I, I know I've said, please wash the dishes. Like now, 72 times. You know what I mean? So yo, you not doing the dishes does not cancel out everything. Me acknowledging that you don't do the dishes doesn't cancel out everything for me either. Yeah. Or me me acknowledging that you're a great father doesn't cancel it, doesn't cancel out my frustration with the dishes. Right. In that right, example. Right. So like if we like transfer that example over to like bigger things, then it would be more along the lines of, okay, here are these really serious things that we have to have a discussion about. Let me also include the and in a very powerful way. Yeah. So here, you do this really, really well. I love this. And here are some limitations that negatively affect me. Yeah, I like that. Mm -hmm. So what I'm kind of hearing you say, for one, is that the and um, serves a positive purpose for both people in the marriage. It serves a positive purpose for you to allow yourself to acknowledge and feel. Mm -hmm. And it serves a positive purpose for your partner to be acknowledged and held accountable. Absolutely. Um. And for me, it sounds like the and is yet another component of marriage that we did not list earlier. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Mm -hmm. So did we skip any other components? Mm -hmm. I feel like we will be creating four new podcasts if we talk about the components of, of marriage, of happiness. That's real. That's real. Um. Because, you know, one component that pops up in my mind um, after you, you know, did the and and things like that is when we listed components of a happy marriage earlier, neither one of us said teamwork makes the dream work, baby. I mean, you're right. <laughs> because it does. Like, so when you talk about teamwork, that is such like a, to me, it's a sportsy term. Like It is. Hut, hut, two, three, teamwork, go. Yeah. Um, what are the important ingredients? What does that look like for you in marriage? Like marriage is not a sports game. So can you break that down for me? Like what is teamwork? Like, I think I know what teamwork is. My marriage is a sports game. We're going to the championship, baby. Oh, my bad. I'm over you. <laughs> I'm so over you. And I'm just <laughs> so tell me, like, educate me about teamwork. Because I think I know what teamwork looks like, but I can really only see it on like a Kind of level. Okay. So for me in my marriage, and I just want to acknowledge again, what you said earlier about, you know, like each marriage is individual mm -hmm. and all of that good jazz. Mm -hmm. um, teamwork for me shows its face in multiple areas of my marriage. Mm -hmm. For example, a very, I'll give you two examples. I'll give a deep example and I'll use a very like surface level example. Mm -hmm. My surface level example is finances. Okay. If I got some money in my bank account, mm -hmm. that ish getting spent. <laughs> okay. 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 Because me and baby need stuff. Okay. Or at least I think we do. Okay. Marcus, on the other hand, be like, yo, savings account got to have this much in it by the end of the year and da -da -da -da, mm -hmm. you know we we take a 30 percent off the top of everything and you know all of that so teamwork for us looks like me paying all the bills mm -hmm. but market markets managing all the money okay so okay i don't I, i'll be the first to admit i don't have access to most of our money for very good reason because you'll be in bali every weekend <laughs> for a very good reason okay so our version of teamwork when it comes to finances looks a lot like me going to my husband and saying, Marcus, I need $100. Mm -hmm. What do you need $100 for? Mm -hmm. Eva needs fall clothes. We actually, we literally just had this conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Eva needs fall clothes and she's going to need um, a coat. And, mm -hmm. you know, so this is what that money will be spent on. Mm -hmm. And him saying, okay, you can have it. Mm -hmm. Or me saying, Marcus, I need $300. Why? Because I want to go on a vacation. Uh, no, this is not vacation season, boo. <laughs> uh -huh. So, okay, that's a very surface level for us of mm -hmm. what teamwork looks like, and it basically comes with the idea of pulling off of each other's strengths and weaknesses. I'm not gonna forget to pay a bill, mm -hmm. whereas Marcus will. Mm -hmm. So, 
it works better for me to be responsible for paying the bills and buying the clothes and buying the food and things yeah. like that. But it works better for him to control all the money. Mm-hmm. And I've even had people say, well, doesn't that make you feel like a child? Like you have to ask your husband for money. Mm-hmm. First of all, I don't need my husband's permission to spend anything. Right. I do what's best for the financial situation of our family. Yeah. And that's what's best for us. That's how we work as a team. Right. Right. A deeper level is um, we talked earlier about communication. Mm-hmm. Marcus, up until maybe like the last year or two, has never been a strong communicator. Mm -hmm. He just simply didn't know how. Mm -hmm. He would get so frustrated with his inability to say how he felt Mm -hmm. that his only result was a temper tantrum. Mm -hmm. Whereas I've always been a strong communicator. Mm -hmm. So I spent a lot of time in our marriage saying, well, can you slow down, process your thoughts and share them with me? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's important. Can you take a minute to acknowledge and accept how you feel and share that with me? Mm -hmm. And that's us working as a team for Mm -hmm. the bettering of our relationship, for the betterment of our marriage. You know, I see you struggling Mm -hmm. and I have the skill that you're lacking right now. Yeah. One thing I'm hearing through that is not even just so much of of a teamwork perspective. Uh, I'm hearing trust. Because Mm -hmm. I can think of so many scenarios that when people ask you, like, don't you feel like a child? That indicates that they're questioning, like, do you trust? Yeah. You know what I mean? It's kind of like the implicit, like, underlying message of why they ask that question. Yeah. And I think that everything that I heard, like, I heard what you said and I agree with it. But I think also underneath that, what I really heard is how much you all trust each other. Because he, what I, what I heard in that is he trusts you to use the hundred dollars for the things of the family. Yeah. You trust him to say, okay, look, slow down, red light, green light. Okay, yellow light, go ahead, spend just a little bit, not a lot. Yeah. And you trust that he's saying that not for his rationale, but for the rationale of what's best for the family. Yes. That's hype. That's real hype. Um, and so I think that's, you know, when you talk about, you know, I think teamwork is an important ingredient of a marriage. And I think that those are two, um, like I said, one being a little more um, personal and uh, having some depth to it Mm -hmm. and the other being very surface level, excuse me, but yet both are very good examples in my opinion of how we function and we complement each other um, as a team. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I do joke and I say, yeah, you know, we we are, you know, we are teammates. We are in a game. We're going for the championship. We mm-hmm. are going for the championship. The championship mm-hmm. is the life that we envision for ourselves. Oh, you know what's kind of funny? I think that I was interpreting it just based off of it being the words teamwork. Probably. Because we, we say that in other ways. We don't call it teamwork, though, but it is teamwork now that I hear you talk about it. So now that um, it seems like we've kind of rejoined on the same page again as far Mm -hmm. as like what teamwork is and um, the way we envision it, you know, even if we do use different words to Mm -hmm. describe it, what does teamwork look like in your marriage? And if you don't call it teamwork, what do you call it? Mm. Um, I would say that teamwork looks very similar to what you talked about. I think that we... We don't have a super competitive marriage. That's why I didn't think of it as like teamwork because it was like, oh, we're in a game to compete because everything that we talk about is like building our empire, like using our, we talk, we just call it like using our strengths and our limitations. Like, you know, you know this about me that I'm great when it comes to organizing and planning. Tyrone is much better at executing. Yeah. So we we use that in our relationship to play off each other's strengths and, and weaknesses as well. Um, I would say that we we just call that building. We call it building, honestly, because we're trying to build the life for our children. We're trying to build, even if it's like opportunities of happiness or opportunities of like collecting good memories. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? It could be, we've been in school forever. Shout out to Tyrone because he will be done with his PhD in two years. Two, that's my cousin. Okay. And I'm never, after I graduate with my second master's, I'm never going back to school in life. Period. So everything has been a constant, like, it's kind of like we operate like a business. Like we have like these little quarterly or monthly meetings about what's happening with our finances, what's happening with our kids' development, what's happening with the meals, what's happening with 
what do you need for me for school this year or this semester? What are your classes looking like? Like, for example, Tyrone is in his perspectives class, which is like an intensive writing seminar. So he's going to need to be away from the kids a lot. Yeah. So when we talk about school stuff, okay, what days do you need to be away from the house so that you can go do your research and write your stuff and all that kind of stuff? Okay, cool. This is what I need. Yada, yada, yada. I would say that that's how we kind of dissect teamwork. Okay. Um, or like translate how we use the word teamwork in yeah. our marriage. Which, I like know. I like that. I like um, perhaps even better than the word teamwork. I like that you guys, you said you guys call it building. Mm-hmm. Because I think that's ultimately what it is. I mean, even if you look at the idea of a team, mm-hmm. you know, they're always looking to build the best team, right? Yep. Yep. Because the best team is what ultimately will take you to the championship. Yep. Um, and like, I use that, that honestly, the whole championship thing was just something that I made up today because I thought it was funny. It is but, funny. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, that is truly how I look at my marriage. You know, I've never used it in those words prior to today, mm-hmm. but that is how I look at my marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I look at us really putting in the work now to build the best team yeah. to win the championship. Mm-hmm. And that championship looks like what we want our in our end game to look like. Yeah. Um, so I, I just I like the way that you um, that you phrase that as building because yeah. that that's that's what that is. And when we talk about like, especially since we're talking about happiness this episode, I feel like a lot of times what feels confusing for us is that we don't feel happy in the moment. Girl. We feel happy about what the outcome is going to be. Like when we talk about building a lot, and this sounds so weird to be like 29, 30, already talking about what kind of situations we want our great grandkids to have. Girl, that is not weird. That's called breaking general curses, generational curses and leaving a legacy. Look, but you know, it's <laughs> funny because when we talk, and I'm sure that that'll be like a future episode of generational curses because sometimes you don't even realize you're like battling this. I'm going to call it a demon of generational curses. And it feels so heavy. Yes. But every time we talked about like doing stuff for our grandkids, it just felt heavy. Like, whoa, are we sure we want to go that far? Are we sure we want to do this? Like, nah, if we talk about abundance, if we talk about happiness, like this is what we need to be talking about. And when we talk about building, like for us to have happiness, we often think about, all right, let's insert little moments that feel good now so that we can have the grand happiness when we build this empire. And so I think I'm happy that you said that because early, like earlier in this episode, I think when we first started to record, mm-hmm. I want to say it was me, it might have been you, made the comment about how all of the components may, of your marriage may not be happy at the same time. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, and I think that that was a very, um, that was an explanation of, that was an explanation of that with significant depth to it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm just, I'm happy that you said that. Um, so then I'll kind of want to back up the bus to something that you said earlier, because as we talk more about the ingredients of teamwork and, um, that depth of building together and things like that. You mentioned something earlier. You talked about a healthy codependency. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is so important when you talk about um, building and sustaining a happy marriage. Yeah. We talk about teamwork and you talk about, um, you know, building and establishing your future and mm-hmm. future generations. So if you don't mind, mm-hmm. I want to kind of dive into that healthy codependency yeah. topic. Um, Let's do it. And what does that look like in your marriage? Um, so let me start with this. Remember a couple of episodes back, we talked about how Tyrone and I had to really check the trauma bond that we began our relationship on. Yes. There are certain parts about meeting each other that are required, in my opinion, that are required in marriage. And then sometimes it becomes oversaturated. Yes. So whatever feels oversaturated is where you in your marriage, I think, in your marriage, no, this is not healthy. Mm-hmm. When you back up a bit, because obviously I need Tyrone, and I do believe that Tyrone needs me. Do I think that he could survive without me if God calls me home early? Absolutely. Yeah. Like, yeah. He's he he he'll be fine eventually. Like I do think that he'll be okay. Same thing with me. But while we are together, I need him. 
He needs me. I need him to talk sometimes because I think he's the only person that really understands the 14,000 different directions that my brain works at the exact one moment of talking. Right. So I think that healthy codependency looks like wanting and being vulnerable enough to need a person to fulfill what you can actually do by yourself. Did you just say the V word? The V word, girl. The V word. The V word. And you know, we were talking about like this codependency being a healthy thing. When we're talking about vulnerability, like even that can be so different in marriage. Like, I think we also talked about this in our couple episodes before, like what vulnerability looks like for me. A lot of people think that vulnerability is just being like an open person yeah. and being vulnerable enough to share. Yeah. Share, share, share. I was raised to share. Like I was raised to talk about my stuff. Vulnerability for me is saying that I want, that I feel, that I, to make a decision. Yes. That is like when when I'm being vulnerable, I'm actually making and committing out loud to a decision instead of keeping it to myself. So in our marriage, codependency, like that healthy version of it looks like I am telling you what I want. It may not come out perfectly, but I need you to receive the very vulnerable place that it's coming from in me. And I need you to do something about it. Yeah. Because that's just what I depend on you to do. I depend on you to do something when I say I want something, even if it's something that I can provide for myself. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's not really that I'm depending on you to live. It's like, Hey, I can do this on my own, but we decided to do this life thing together. Yeah. So what I would typically do on my own, I'm also going to like nudge you and see like, hey, what can you put on your plate that if I was by myself, I would be doing by myself. Yeah. You know, like I, I can do it by myself, but why not do it together? Right. Yeah. Um. So I think as you were talking, I was kind of playing out um codependency within my marriage. Yeah. What does that look like? I think it's evolved. Hmm. Um, you know, I think in the beginning it looked like, you know, um, maybe me taking care of, you know, things that Marcus needed or couldn't do for himself while he was a college athlete or him, you know, um, taking care of things that I couldn't do when, you know, I was working three jobs Mm -hmm. or, you know, like, so it, in the beginning, I feel like it was very, um, basic, if Mm -hmm. you will. Mm -hmm. I think now we're at a point where our codependency looks a lot like I need you to have my back always. And I think that just sums it up. You know, when I feel like everybody else is against me, mm-hmm. I need for you to come through. Um, I think it looks like accountability. Mm-hmm. I'm depending on you to hold me accountable. Mm. Um especially for Marcus because he is not a person who accepts accountability from very many people. Gotcha. Um, so, you know, I think figuring out kind of like what you were saying, where, you know, where do I fall short? Where Mm -hmm. do I struggle? Mm -hmm. And I'm going to depend on you to help me with that. So what I'm hearing from you is that it went from like this external source of needs to an internal source of needs. That's how Yeah. You know, like I don't, I mean, we still have to have each other's backs on, you know, some of the external things. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But it, it's become a very internal thing because it goes back to what you said earlier about yeah. trust. Yeah. And I think the only way to have a healthy codependency is to have a significant amount of trust yeah. because I have to be able to trust you mm-hmm. to depend on you. And then when we talk about happiness, like trust is... One thing I you remember when you were when we were younger and you would see like these little things on Facebook that would talk about trust being an eraser. Like once you mm. use an eraser, yeah. you can't get you that can't. trust back. Yes, I think that for me that painted a very false a false picture on what trust and happiness looks like. I agree because it's like oh you broke my trust a long time ago, therefore you can never earn it back. Yeah, like that's not how that, it works in no. marriage. Like you and don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that you can rupture somebody's trust and have it back the next day. Oh no. But I do think that when we're talking about happiness, like there's a benefit in the person whose trust has been ruptured and the person that has ruptured the trust in rebuilding that trust to be happy. You know, I'm, 
I guess I'm just full of transparent moments today. Come on, cousin. But there was a point in my relationship Mm -hmm. where Marcus really ruptured my trust. Mm -hmm. And I remember having a conversation with him Mm -hmm. saying, I can forgive you, Mm -hmm. but I don't trust you right now. I, you know, um, I, I don't trust you to not hurt me right now. Let me clarify. Mm-hmm. I don't trust you to not hurt me right mm-hmm. now. Um, and I think that if I could ever feel emotionally safe with you again, mm-hmm. you have work to put in. Mm-hmm. And that wasn't a moment of we. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it was not a we moment. Because yeah. I flat out told him I ain't doing jack. So can we actually flip this moment here for you to educate me? And I feel like this is something that you constantly help me with. Like, I remember a long time ago, I reached out to you to, I felt like I was in this constant rut in our marriage where I was basically like holding over Tyrone's head, the things that he did to me that ruptured my trust. Yes. And it was like years ago, you yeah. know what I mean? But it was to me that whole, like, well, once you use an eraser, you'll never get it back yep. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And you walked me through very specifically the steps to communicate. Like, because we're talking about happiness. Yes. This is a process of happiness, right? Absolutely. Like, I wanted to be happy with my husband again. But in that moment, I was dangling the shit that he did, mm-hmm. big or small, over his head. Mm-hmm. And it just wasn't going anywhere. Can you educate me and our listeners on what that process is like? So, I want to say that just like I told you then, that was my process. Mm-hmm. That does not mean that that will be or needs to be everyone's process. Okay. Um, my process was you did X, Y, or Z and it hurt me. Mm-hmm. It ruptured my trust. Mm-hmm. And now I'm left with pain and distrust for you. Mm-hmm. If you would like to repair things with me, then that falls on you. Mm-hmm. And at that time in my relationship, I flat out told Marcus, I'm not going to make it hard for you, but I'm not going to help you with it. Mm-hmm. Because I felt like for the history of our relationship, I had been the resolution gotcha. always. Gotcha. It had always been me. I was you always the one. Yeah. yeah. You know, I was always the one putting forth the work to fix every problem that we encountered. And I felt like that was one point where I was like no you have a lesson to learn here and that lesson is that you have equal responsibility to fix shit when it goes wrong so can I ask you what is it I I can't remember verbatim what it is that you said to me but can you say this for me and our listeners again what were the steps I remember you talked to me a little bit about having to make a decision to allow like you yourself I remember you were like well cousin you have to make the decision to not hold that over his head you have yeah. to make the decision to say boom 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 you gonna do it and I'm gonna step back and let yeah. you do it what, what did so, you mean by that that's exactly where I was that's exactly where I was going girl come on cousin come so on. what what it was was this is now in your boat mm-hmm. if you want it to be fixed then you'll do what it takes to fix it okay and I will not be malice or ill-intented on holding you back from fixing it. Okay. So what I told Marcus was, and this is probably still verbatim to this day, Mm -hmm. I told him, if I forgive you, which I can, Mm -hmm. I will never throw it in your face. That wasn't me. (laughs) That wasn't me. Girl, it was hard. It was like... It was hard. It it was like, uh uh-huh, I see you pushing up the water faucet with your left hand today. Must have been something, 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 something. <laughs> not, not for real, for real. Like I, it wasn't that petty, but it was bad. I was definitely like the dangler, like, and that crap is so detrimental. Yeah, I see now. Um, what would you say to someone trying to be happy in the long run or in the now, specifically with that information, that education that you're giving us? I would say, remember that just because someone hurt you does not give you the right to hurt in in retaliation. Mm. Because you hurt me, I don't have the right to turn around and hurt you. Yeah. Yeah. I have the right to feel my hurt. Yeah. That's number one. Yeah. Number two, 
is when I make the decision that I'm going to forgive you and I'm going to put forth effort to work past whatever we've experienced. Mm -hmm. And I'm talking, it can be big things or small things. It could be you ate my last cookie. It could be you cheated on me. Mm -hmm. But when I make the decision that I'm going to forgive you on those things, Mm -hmm. I no longer reserve the right to throw that back at you. Because if I throw it back at you, that's not really forgiveness. Right. That's bitterness. Yeah. I mean, and I think that's where it gets hard, you know, like it was really hard for me to not throw things back at him. But I think if I had to give anybody any advice on working through a situation like that, that would be my advice. So I also want to say that I don't think that without experiencing the painful things that led up to that moment, Mm -hmm. And experiencing that moment that we would be able to be as happy together as we are now. I feel like that's sometimes a misconception that people have about relationships that if you get hurt, that you just have to walk away from it. Right. Um, Because I think that that moment of being hurt, as painful as it was at that time, Mm -hmm. allowed us to mature in a lot of ways. Yeah, I think that it allowed us to see how important we were to each other. Mm -hmm. And I think it allowed us to shape the idea of what we didn't want to look like in the future. Right. So I think that sometimes those painful moments, they are a bitch to go through. Yeah. But once you get on the other side of it, you can look back at it and you will feel no negative feelings yeah you will feel all the growth that it allowed so then are you also saying that happiness is like the side of resolvement in a way yeah okay i don't think you'll ever truly be happy until you've gone through something Mm -hmm. because if everything's just been perfect forever you'll still be unhappy with that because you don't even know what it's like to not not have it right Whereas if you go through some stuff, if you go through some things and you experience some things that at that time you really think might be your catalyst, you think that at that time they really might be the thing to break you. Mm -hmm. And you see how resilient you are once you heal from that. I think that is like the gateway to happiness. And I mean, and that's just a personal opinion. I mean, I'm sure someone out there disagrees and they're like, nah, I ain't putting it with nobody's shit. I mean, by all means, you do you because you you deserve to feel that way. You know, you deserve. (laughs) Um, But that's just, you know, that's my opinion on it. So what do you think happiness in your marriage, like, includes if you had to, like, wrap Mm -hmm. it into something? When I sum it all up. When you sum it all up. When I think of happiness in my marriage, I include self-happiness and I include our happiness as a unit. Okay. My self-happiness has everything to do with me. Mm -hmm. It has nothing to do with Marcus. And it took me a long time to learn that lesson. Um, But it has everything to do with me. I determine what that looks like. Yeah. And like I said earlier, what those things look like for me as far as, you know, peace, joy, Mm -hmm. um, gratitude, you know, that that's my self happiness. That's what that's what makes me whole. Yeah. As an individual, as an individual. In my marriage, when I think of happiness, I think of who my husband allows me to be. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't use the word allow as if, you know, I'm a puppet and he's the puppet master, Mm -hmm. but he creates a space that is safe for me to exist as I am. Right. Whether I'm falling short or whether I'm exceeding expectations. That's real. Oh, that's real. Um, I also think that happiness in my marriage is in, I have to include who my husband challenges me to be. Mm-hmm. There is probably nothing in the world that is sexier than when my husband says, I think you can be better than that. That's real. I think you can do better than that. Mm -hmm. I don't think you, um, I don't think you showed your best face when you said that. Mm -hmm. Um, Accountability is sexy. If you ask me, that's another love language. Um, So 
I think who who he encourages me to be. Mm-hmm. You know, when when I'm falling short, he says, "Are are is this where you want to stay? Yeah. Are are you happy here? Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think that laughter piece, yo, mm. our marriage could not be our marriage without the way we crack jokes. Yeah. Like it, it gets you through. Yes. Yeah. Like I feel like if I had to take away all of our jokes and stuff, like yo, we just be too. Oh, stale face people. <laughs> like, unseasoned chicken. Yes. <laughs> yes. Like, not that I'm comparing your marriage to a bucket of chicken. But. I mean, hold on. Look, we, we, uh, we use the fried chicken with all the seasonings, the hot sauce on the side, ranch, if you like that, all Period. that. Period. Um, <laughs> so, when you think of happiness, mm-hmm. what is, what is happiness in your marriage? Happiness in my marriage is, it's ego checking. Ooh, it is. tell me more. Let's talk about that. Because, honey, look, so the ego will tell you that pain is punishment and pleasure is reward. Yes, it will. If you're equating happiness to an avoidance of pain, well, really, pain can sometimes just be like a source of information to grow, mm-hmm. right? If we're mm-hmm. just being like grand with it. If your ego is constantly making you avoid the what you perceive as pain and you like cut people off, oh, they ain't this, so I'm done with them. Boom. Right? You have the right to do that. But is your ego the motivating factor of avoiding a space that you could actually overcome to resolve that mm-hmm. issue and get on the other side of it? So that's what I mean by like ego checking. And also like on the other side of the ego is like, checking those pleasure like perceptions of it like oh because all of this like feels good i want to give you everything that makes you feel good because you've gone through so much in your life yeah. before then are you setting that person up to constantly be at the wrong side of expecting entitlement yes so i would say in our marriage that is happiness because if my husband is allowing me to be like baby you really do deserve like to be a little bit easier on yourself. You don't have to always constantly be on the edge of like getting all this shit together, but you can enjoy it and also at the same time, like be accountable with mm-hmm. the way that you enjoy it. That constant source of us checking each other's egos is happiness because it allows us to be like, all right, bet this don't feel good right now, but it's not something that we need to avoid. Yeah. This does feel good, but this is also not the realistic state of where we need to stay if that makes sense yeah yeah like we can go out to eat and get some chicken but get some fried chicken at that but if we eat fried chicken every single day just because of how much we like fried chicken the ego is telling us that this pleasure is what we're where we should be to be happy then eventually we're gonna wind up with high cholesterol or some kind of health issue we don't check that ego that's telling us get everything you want get everything you want stay away from everything you don't want yes i would say that that is the ultimate sense of happiness in our marriage, that constant ego checking. I love that. And really, the, like, you you already hit it on the nail with the laughter. Like, Tyrone and I probably crack jokes and say things to each other that make other people feel really uncomfortable. Same. Because we that's the way that we get our release. Yeah. It's really hard. And you know this, being young and married and, like, trying to break generational curses, trying to, like, elevate in life. When you go through a lot of stuff, and I don't mean like devastating stuff, you're trying to create and build something that no one built for you. Right. So when you go through stuff, and I don't mean like devastating, painful, like, oh my God, things. And you're trying to create a world or a life for you and your family that no one created for you. It's a constant battle between staying away from what feels bad and gravitating towards what feels good yeah and that laughter piece it has to be there because there are so many like moments where something so small like making sure our kids take vitamins on a daily basis feels heavy and feels hard yeah and it's something so simple just like setting a reminder on your phone making sure your kids take vitamins but then you got nineteen thousand other things at the same time that you still are trying to overcome yeah we have to laugh about it and we have to talk we got to talk shit in our in our marriage, like all day. I can count on my head. I can probably 
supersede the fingers on my hands about how many times we've made people uncomfortable by the jokes that we crack in our marriage. Yeah. Because that's the only way that we can really get like some kind of release. Yeah. And I would, I would definitely include just to make it summarize it, ego checking and laughter, because with those two, I would say that our happiness is just a constant. We, we get it now and we know that it's coming when we build what we're finished building. Yeah. That's so, yeah. dope. I like, I like. Yes, girl. So that, I'm off my soapbox now. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. Well, I'm going to come to this TED Talk all the time. <laughs> so I think just all in all to kind of um, head towards closing this thing out. Okay. I think that we've brought up quite a few like important things. And I just kind of want to hit like a refresher because I know we said so much mm-hmm. in this episode. Yeah. Um, so I don't think we've done this on the episode before, but I just kind of want to address something that I know I'm taking away from this episode. And if you feel the need, then obviously you do the same. Mm -hmm. But I know for me, I'm taking away the and in the marriage. I know that I'm taking away the acknowledgement of all the various components of a marriage, of a happy marriage, Mm -hmm. and how sometimes all those cups aren't full at the same time. Mm -hmm. And I think I'm going to take away that even when things don't look good or feel good in your marriage, with work and effort and dedication, happiness literally can be just around the corner. Yeah. I would echo everything that you said. I would say that one thing I just didn't consider as much prior to is that that work and happiness can sometimes be the little small things that we all we talked about throughout yeah. this whole episode. Yeah. Whereas sometimes I think it feels like it's these grand big things and then we're happy. Yeah. It's a bunch of small stuff sometimes too. Yeah. I mean, laughter. Girl, did you laugh today? Yes. Like, you know, laughter. Yeah. Like, how simple is that? Well, cousin, I think um I think we I think we done did it. I think we done did the dog the yeah. doggone thing. I'm trying not to cuss y'all. Y'all yeah. saw how that worked. It was sheep not playing. Um, so you got a quote for us? Ooh. You know I do. So the back, the backstory, brief backstory. Um, my dad was a Motown drummer with the Funk Brothers, and he talked about his journey with choosing to be a musician instead of doing like other things that were deemed responsible back then. It was, was his philosophy that he lived by, and every time I came up to against just anything that was just overwhelming me when I was little, he would always ask me this simple question: "But are you happy though?" Period. That is my quote. But are you happy though? But are you happy though? Okay. Because look. That's it. Look, y'all, let me get up out of here for she had me on my soapbox. <laughs> but are you happy though? 